didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, December 16th, 2012. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 228. Well, Grant, this week we're going to kick it off by starting with defence. That's probably the big news this week. Now, in a recent episode of Playing Crazy Down Under, we were chatting with uh, well-respected aviation and defence journalist uh, Andrew McLaughlin, and one of the questions uh, I raised with him surrounded Australia's fleet of uh, 24 uh, F-18F Super Hornets. Now, yes, David, we know that's not very many, but I asked Andrew, did he think that was enough? And uh, he had some very interesting uh, views on whether or not uh, they would be sufficient should push come to shove. Well, maybe they were listening to us, Grant, because the Australian government this week has uh, sent a letter of request to the US government, maybe just inquiring about buying a few more. That's right, mate. They've asked for uh, availability and pricing information for another 24 Super Hornets. And I think it's probably going to be required because let's face it, the F-35 just keeps getting delayed. This government's probably going to push out any commitment to spend any more on it as far as they can because they're trying to balance the budget and or bring in a surplus, uh, whatever your political views. I'll leave it up to you to decide on that in this global environment, uh, whether that's a good idea, but they're going to push back any any spending is my prediction. And as such, we're going to wind up with an even greater gap that we have to bridge and fewer aircraft to do it as more and more of the uh, F-18 classic aircraft uh, reach their time life and have to be retired. So yeah, you can see some logic in it. It's copping a lot of flack though, because some people are saying it's a very expensive lack of decision. Look, I don't know. I'm still waiting to see that the F-35 really does what everyone's thinking it's going to do. There's some potential in there, but there's a lot of issues to resolve. And the way that project has been set up and managed has made it almost impossible to resolve all of them before people have to commit a lot of money, which is why you're seeing a lot of countries trying to avoid committing money, like Australia's probably going to do. Absolutely. Now, it's interesting, of course, that they put out this letter of request, and uh, that makes it sound like an announcement. A rather uh, scathing article, actually, in Australian Aviation Magazine this week actually calls the uh, the announcement by Defence Minister Stephen Smith as an announcement about nothing. Yeah, they called it a faux announcement if I recall correctly. A faux announcement indeed. Now, of course, uh, it would be interesting if we did go for these Super Hornets. Of course, uh, Australia uh, took delivery of the fleet of Super Hornets uh, while the Labor government has been power. But interestingly, those aircraft were actually ordered by the previous coalition uh, Conservative government. Now, <laughs> in an odd twist, if they were to order these aircraft now, uh, and this government, the way it's tracking, almost certainly won't be in power by the time these aircraft are delivered. So it's all just a pendulum swinging backwards and forwards. But uh, the interesting thing is here, uh, they're making an announcement, but uh, there's no funding for these aircraft at the moment and uh, where are they going to get that money from? Stephen Smith has also been uh, called, we're hearing this increasingly, is actually being called the Minister for Disarmament rather than the the, <laughs> the Minister for Defence and uh, the way they've cut back the military to uh, pay for some of their uh, spending on other projects around the nation, um, it's it's quite disturbing and a lot of military people are not happy about it. Oh man, I did wonder where some of those uh, ex-New Zealand government members went, uh, the ones who butchered the Kiwi Air Force, maybe they're uh, consulting to the Australian government now. Maybe, mate. Maybe indeed. If they bring this decision in to bring in more Super Hornets, you know, really those aircraft have a different role to uh, the aircraft that uh, the F-35 are meant to replace. Uh, as you mentioned, Grant, that's the, the classic Hornets. Now, those those older F-A-18A and B Hornets have been around since the mid-80s. They're getting on and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of issues around uh, airframe fatigue, cracking and all that sort of stuff, particularly to do with the centre barrel area of those aircraft. So they're really getting towards the end of their life. So even if we do bring in these, uh, these extra Super Hornets, you know, they're still going to have to uh, either bring that F-35 on or failing that, they're going to have to find something else to replace those uh, those older Hornets or the uh, the capability gap that we've already been experiencing since the F-111s went, that's only going to get exponentially worse. You might have seen the red 
Barron performing daring aerobatic feats over Sydney's magnificent beaches. Now it's time for you to see the world from the Red Baron's point of view. Whoa, probably upside down. Go to redbaron.com.au to find out more about scenic tours and aerobatic flights with the Red Baron. You could fly in the Pitt Special Open Cockpit Biplane, the Red Bull Stunt Plane, or the new Gippsland Air Van. To find out more or to book your flight, phone 97910643 or go to redbaron.com.au. Okay, Grant, moving across into the airlines this week, and uh, Virgin Australia has had a couple of uh, news stories pop up. Now, we've been talking a lot uh, this year about uh, Virgin uh, building closer ties with other airlines, and uh, most notably, I guess, uh, amongst those would be Air New Zealand, and it looks like Air New Zealand is building uh, even closer ties with Virgin Australia, according to this article by Steve Creedy in The Australian this week. Yeah, that's right, mate. Uh, You've got the incoming CEO, Christopher Luxon, who's going to replace Rob Fife at the end of the year, and uh, yeah, he's uh, continuing to work to build the the uh, brand image of Air New Zealand within Australia and uh, get those ties even closer with Virgin Australia. They're probably not going to uh, get on the board is what they're saying, but you know they're, they're trying to make sure that there's uh, a way better lockstep between their processes, their aircraft, sharing uh, passengers and so on to uh, help really uh, prop each other up on the Trans-Tasman especially. Uh, Christopher Luxon already saying all the right things that are loved in the business world. I'm just looking through this report here, Grant, and I see words like synergies. We always like it when they say uh, synergies. So that probably means a few people are going to lose their jobs, I guess, but uh, you know, <laughs> down at the coalface. Well, I guess we'll see about that, Steve. But uh, interestingly, uh, somebody that's probably not going to be losing their job will be the folks working at Tourism Australia, because as we reported uh, previously, Qantas were looking at uh, no longer putting up to about $44 million into Tourism Australia. And uh, Virgin Airlines stepped forward. Well, that stepping forward has actually uh, brought some money through, and they're going to double their contribution to Tourism Australia to uh, partially help fill the gap left by uh, Qantas. Yes, and interestingly there, I noticed in this article here that the Tourism Australia board is still backing Jeff Dixon, who of course is the former boss of Qantas. So uh, lots and lots of politics going on there. And as I said uh, the other week, I don't think uh, Tourism Australia itself is going to suffer from uh, Qantas pulling that $44 million uh, out, not when you've got other airlines ready to uh, step in and fill the financial gap like that. Now, uh, speaking of uh, Virgin, uh, while they're in the news this week, and they've had a few stories this week, uh, the other one uh, surrounds their... uh, pending or possible relocation from Brisbane, where they are currently, down to Sydney. Now, that's very interesting because uh, when they went to set up here and uh, there was a big fight on at the time when they set up in Brisbane because I know there was a a huge push to have them uh, settle down here in Melbourne and much disappointment when they didn't. That's right, mate. Uh, They they cited uh, Brisbane as being a better environment for their staff and they got some pretty good deals from the Queensland government and Brisbane Airport to uh, base their various operations there and their their headquarters. Uh, The rumour is that they're going to come back down to Sydney. I've heard some conflicting rumours saying, no, 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 they're not going to do that. And the Queensland government is definitely leaping to the fore to try and prevent it from happening and looking at ways that they can uh, entice Virgin to not think about going down to Sydney, which does, of course, raise the question of could this be one of those uh, telegraph punches to try and get a better deal or extend the current deal in Queensland, perhaps? Yeah, well, why not? You might as well leverage a government. And, of course, the uh, the government up there run by Campbell Newman and his uh, conservatives up there are not really popular at the moment. They're making lots of big cutbacks. So uh, I'm sure they'd be pretty keen not to lose the Virgin Australia headquarters. So, uh, yeah, they, they may be uh, just scrambling to make sure that uh, that move down to Sydney doesn't happen. 
Indeed, mate. Indeed. Now, one more this week, and uh, we talk a lot about Qantas, but let's do a little bit of uh, nerdy plane spotting stuff, Grant. Uh, according, oh. to this, <laughs> according to this article here in AustralianAviation.com.au, the beginning of the end for the uh, Rolls-Royce powered Qantas 767s as Zulu X-Ray Bravo heads to New Mexico for storage. Mm, it's going to be stored where the uh, aliens are at Roswell, and uh, it's the first of the uh, Rolls-Royce powered ones, isn't it, mate? It is, in fact. Now, uh, okay, everybody get their ashtray thickness glasses on. I'm going to run through a few nerdy facts here. Now, this aircraft... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I haven't got my Parker on. Hang on, my anorak. (laughs) <laughs> you know, sit there with my with my notepad. I always find this stuff interesting. Anyway, uh, this is uh, one of seven, actually, ex-British uh, Airways aircraft. It's actually a Dash 336. And, of course, Qantas aircraft are all Dash something 38. Uh, so this is 767-336ER. It's construction number 24338. And uh, it's uh, actually was delivered in uh, May 1990, actually, to uh, British Airways. Spent 10 years with them and uh, came here to Australia in 2000 and has been here in Qantas colours uh, ever since. So quite an old uh, airframe, and uh, yeah, it's uh, powered by Rolls-Royce engines. Uh, Qantas ended up taking in seven of those aircraft uh, into their fleet of 24. And for the plane spotters there, and we know a lot of them like to sit around uh, Sydney Harbour there watching them come in and out, any of those ones that start with uh, VH-Zulu or ZX something, they're all the ex-British Airways ones. So uh, it looks like uh, we won't be seeing them around our skies for much longer, although some of the uh, the younger airframes have only recently been refurbished, at least on the inside. So uh, I guess they'll be around for a few more years. Well, they haven't got anything to replace them with right now, so I guess they'll have to stay. That's right, mate. That's right. But uh, as they get rid of these Rolls-Royce ones and just focus on their younger GE ones, they certainly got their mileage out of those 767s, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. So great uh, 12 years of service here in Australia and uh, 22 years for that aircraft. And uh, I guess uh, for those of you who are Australian listeners and uh, wanting to get out there with your uh, long lenses, well, you better start doing it if you want the uh, Zulu Series ones because uh, the retirement program has been enacted. That's it, mate. The beginning of the end. There you go. See, a little bit of airplane geekery for the Airplane Geeks podcast. Well, having done the airplane geekery, we can now go back to pronunciation 101. Hi, Rob. You'll hurt his self-esteem if we keep picking on him like that, Grant. Well, he says we hate kangaroos. We don't. I love them. They taste delicious. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk, Grant. You know, all this talk about eating kangaroo meat makes me hungry. I think I'm going to have to go and have lunch before I edit. Oh, really, mate? Well, yeah, I snuck in lunch, a late lunch, just before we recorded. Hmm, we're getting the pie warmer and my tomato sauce ready. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm the healthy Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks. Southern Skies. Online media.